Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Welcome to Screamplay, a show about spooky video games, with your hosts, Tom and John Ryman. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Screamplay, the show about spooky video games. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. That's your other co-host, John Ryman. Say hello, John Ryman. I was going to introduce me. Well, I've done it for you, so what are you going to do? How dare you? I'm going to leave it's, this it's, podcast. It's, you see, I took I took agency away from you, which is appropriate for this episode. I you think, did. You for did. For the game you're, we're covering. You did. You're big-timing me. Your fancy podcast um, talents. I'm bu- I'm bullying. I'm bullying you around until we find your yellow slicker and paper boat, and realize you were the person from the first game all along. Oh no! What we're talking about Little Nightmares Two today. This was originally supposed to be a couple months ago. If some of you are wondering why we're covering two instead of one, this is kind of a late birthday thing for my son, uh, who actually approached me and said, "Hey." I'd like you to do a game for my birthday. And I'm like, okay. And he said, Little Nightmares 2. I said, not one? No, two. It's my favorite game ever. So, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but it does so, fit in <laughs> the way that this is a prequel to Little Nightmares. And we are uh, heroically delivering that birthday request two months late. Well, um, you know what? So let's get Things started. happen. Thanksgiving <laughs> happens. The holidays happen. Tom is a busy man, and I am a big dope that's easily distracted. You don't need to make me feel better. No, I'm trying to make the audience feel better. Like, let them know that we're not ignoring them. Sounds like you're about to start singing Cats in the Cradle to me. No. I spend plenty of time with my son. He doesn't want to spend time with me. Little Nightmares 2. uh, 2021 game. It's the sequel to Little Nightmares, obviously. The 2017 game uh, by Tarser Studios. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's a Swedish video game developer. Yeah. This is, if you're not familiar with Little Nightmares, it is a platformer essentially a puzzle platformer primarily um but it's got lots of vibes it's real real oh, yeah. spooky it's got a very distinct look and and feel to it there's not really any dialogue in it the characters are sort of mute little dolls and you have to guide this little doll through this these different nightmare scenarios each level is like a different like the first level, you're stuck in the woods and you're being chased by this weird hunter. And the right. second episode is you're trapped in this school and you got to outfox this weird school marm that has an anaconda neck with yep. all, all these little bully children are chasing you. So 
it's a it's a lot like like Coraline and a lot of the visuals. Yeah. It looks a little like stop motiony, but um, it's Tim Burton's it's, uh, Ugly Bob. It's Tim Burton's, yeah, Tim Ugly, Burton's Bob. Ugly Bob. Sure, yeah. Your character has a little bag over his head. Uh, very adorable. I never um, took yeah, that bag off. I just I, left it on I the entire a, game. You can you can find fancy little, new little hats. I found a tin can that I really like, so I'm wearing a tin can. Oh, okay. I just I kept like the, a real maniac. I just kept the paper bag on. But the the main difference uh, between Little Nightmares and Little Nightmares Two is that in this game, Little Nightmares Two, you have a little companion with you for a lot of the game. You don't mm-hmm. you find them partway through the first level, um, and then they are following you, and you can use them to help you solve puzzles, sort of like um, Ico, if you ever played that game, yeah. or uh, many other games like it. Uh, it's it's a typical puzzle platformer. Well, Tom, do you want to sit down next to this campfire here? Yes, I would. If you just sit back, get your cocoa and marshmallows, put your bag Maybe on your head, or bro- bro- a rain it up in sucker. My, in, my, in my hobo uh, a t- tin can that in I'm your wearing ho- on my head. In your hobo hut, yeah. Well, sit right back, and I'm going to tell you a scary story. Oh, yeah, please do. Okay. So, uh, in Little Nightmares 2, you play not a doll, a little boy. You play a little boy named Null, which, if you remember from the first game, the main character is called Six, and as we all know, Null is another word for zero. But uh, you wake up in the woods, and um, you are being pursued by this man in the TV. It's very poltergeisty-looking dude. And uh, you're trying to get to this television station uh, antenna in the pale city in order to completely escape from him and shut him down and along the way you go through the woods and find the protagonist from the first game six and you take it upon yourself to protect her and take her with you along your journey you go through typical levels that you know are based on stuff that's you know like scare little kids like you know the dark woods school with you know bullies and a scary teacher the hospital with a bunch of freaky um prosthetic limbs and arms uh ultimately getting to your destination and along the way solving puzzles doing some light platforming it's a really pretty game it's a beautiful game i think um i was watching some gameplay to get refreshed on it since I played it two months ago. But uh, I've just found myself just watching the game because it is so pretty. It's a real achievement in that sense, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a very short game, um, but there is a surprising amount of story despite the fact that the protagonists are mute. It's kind of easy to follow. And the end. That That's, mm, that's that the end a- of my scary story. Nice one. That was a spine tingler. Yeah, you have to be short and sweet sometimes. It's not not good to draw it out. Now, we can adjourn this meeting of the Midnight Society and uh, mosey on up the lane, taking our tin cans on our heads and our little rain slickers, being careful to keep out of Vincent Price's watchful gaze. (laughs) Yeah, he was kind of upset with us for digging up his backyard the last time. But Vince, we need bones. We need to collect bones. So here we are at Spookaboo Manor. Now I invite you to step inside Spookaboo Manor. Just hang up your raincoat in the foyer. That way you're not tracking water through. He's a little bit grouchy. Well, he's old. He's been yeah. dead for many years, too. That'll that'll put you in a foul mood. I'll make him, I'll make him some tea. They've been dead for 43 years. I'll make him some tea. He'll calm down. 
this is a game, as I, I mentioned up top, it's really about vibes, which I like. And as you mentioned, there's a surprising amount of story in it, despite the fact that there's no dialogue, which mm-hmm. I dig too. I, I really like the storytelling in both of these games, mm-hmm. um, that, it, it, that it does manage to get so much across with just what, uh, the, what you see on screen. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool. And I really do like the atmosphere of the game and the look of the game. I think this is a game that sells itself almost 90 to 95% on its visuals. Oh, yeah. I mean, it like... It's very striking. It looks like you're playing Coraline. Yeah. Uh, it just, it looks amazing. It, it It's a really impressive achievement. Yeah. Tarsher, um, I think, is a smaller studio. Bankai Namco, obviously, uh, no, the no, publisher. Wait, they, they, did, uh, they did Little Big Planet, too. So they've had some, oh, they yeah, had yeah, some yeah, big yeah. hits before that. Oh, there's some similarities um, in there. This is not as lighthearted as Little Big Planet, but... No, but it, it controls the same, which I really yeah. want to talk when we... When we roll backwards out of Spookaboo Manor oh, when, we pull, when we pull <laughs> the bones out of this game we'll talk about it but, uh, but for now yeah I just I'm curious, I want to hear what you think in terms of a spookiness just I keep mentioning Coraline and to me that's kind of where the spookiness of this lies mm-hmm. the, the scariness spikes in a few sequences where you have to flee from bosses which is a big part of the first game too oh, yeah. where you're not you, you, you're really kind of defenseless against the majority of the things you see so all you can really do is run and hide and that makes for some pretty tense moments particularly one of my favorite ones of of this of the bit of the game that i played i only played through the third chapter unfortunately how dare you um but the school marm uh elongating her neck and chasing you through the vents at the end of the school level was pretty pretty dense yeah that was my favorite level honestly was the school area really um, yeah it's interesting uh the mannequins uh in the hospital where you have to keep the light pointed at mm-hmm. them i thought that was an interesting dynamic that one scared me the most that, that one was, was the scariest. That one. was frightening. That was yeah. pretty frightening. And the doctor so they, they, like scuttling along on the ceiling. This oh, on the ceiling, like lifting up of the a doctor. Beds. Yeah. So you have to crawl under the beds one by one and oh, kind yeah. of avoid his. There's a lot of like avoiding the boss's gaze sort of yeah. mini games in here. Uh, that's a big part of it. Um, and I like that cat and mouse stuff. That's that's cool tension for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not too spooky. Um, if you if you don't like super intense horror games, but I, I really I really like the sort of like mild horror that that this game offers well it's yeah it's, cool. it's 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 kind of just a creepy goth cartoon directed yeah, by yeah. tim burton so <laughs> yeah. it's it but um it's like slightly more scary than the nightmare before christmas yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's not scary so much as it is just creepy and eerie and a little unsettling Vibes, but yeah it's Vibes. like a, it's like playing a cure song <laughs> this game <laughs> a and, little bit i mean yeah <laughs> like if like if uh no pulled off his bag and uh he was robert smith i would not be surprised just robert smith pulling hell in a bottom carter through a cure album disintegration what's a what, bit darker than robert smith but yeah i see what you're saying yeah well i mean like well Noel's a little one of the things i want to say is i love the character no i love him he's a little hero and i love him with all my heart He's got a tiny little trench coat. He's got a tiny little trench coat. He's trying to protect Six throughout the entire thing. He he can pick up uh, pipes and hammers and stuff and fight back at some of the smaller enemies. Yeah, I really I really like this little journey that he was on. I'm going to tell you about the ending in a second because, my God. But what I also like about this game is that there's no ambient music, really. 
especially mm-hmm. there's like sometimes the, there's sometimes there'll be cues. well yeah or like when the teacher's playing piano or yeah. you know there 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 are some like through the chases mostly, there might be but th- for but yeah. like when you're playing the game and it's building up suspense and everything there's no music it's just like like in the first level it's just the wind and then they like kind of show you a little bit about what's going on first you like find a pile of guts uh because the first level is the hunter level Mm -hmm. and you find a pile of guts yeah uh and then you find this net full of dead bodies and they're not deer they're all people yeah there's a bunch of shoes underneath them so yeah He's, he's. I was. I kept getting confused. I gotta say because sometimes it looks like they're like human bodies, but then a lot of the time they're dolls. So I was unclear on who's a doll and who's not. In my memory, the first game wasn't. It wasn't a sort of game where, it like I didn't really remember the story or necessarily the first game. It just seemed more dreamlike to me. Right. This game feels very dreamlike. Right. Uh, which. It's. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it in the Boneyard because the way it handles sort of adds to that. But I sort of kind of fell into that like rhythm of it. I didn't. I didn't expect it to have like an overall narrative. So the fact that this game has like an ending really surprised me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the first game has an ending where it's six essentially turns into a bad guy at the end of the at the end of the first game. Uh, you have those little gnomes that are helping you throughout the thing. They're bringing you food mm-hmm. and stuff because she's constantly yeah, right, hungry. The and then the last time they bring you food, she just slaps the food out of the gnome's hand and eats the gnome. And then um, beats the uh, the creepy ghost lady and gets her powers and just starts killing everybody on the ship. This one, Null, you get the sense for... like it, There's a mystery with Six in the first game because you don't know who she is and you don't know really what's going on. In this one, it's more clear that Null is a hero character because he's running from this guy that's chasing him in his dreams through the TV, through these different TVs that you'll go and see throughout the game. And uh, he's trying to get to the door at the end of this hallway that he thinks... Um, will give him the answers he wants and ultimately escape from this dude. Oh yeah, but just uh, just real quick, each game, each level starts with you tuning the television. Yes, and then yeah. you get a little bit further down that hallway. Yeah, you get a little bit further, and towards the end of the game, like six starts pulling you out of it. The man in the TV starts really going after six, and you're kind of wondering why that happens and why she was because the first level she's locked up in the hunter's cabin and there are little tick marks on the wall so she's been in there for a while and the second that you get her out the hunter starts coming after you and starts trying to shoot you and based on the way the ending goes he may have been trying to shoot at six i'm not 100 percent sure but the way the ending goes is do you want me to tell you about it now or do you want me to save it Tell me about it now, man. Let's get okay, into the yeah. spookiness, I guess. So, yeah. At the end of the game, you finally get to the to the tower and have your final confrontation with the man in the TV and defeat him. And everything starts crumbling. Uh, you and Six are running for the exit as the floor is falling out underneath you. Six makes it to the end and Null jumps. She grabs him. But as she's about to pull you up she just drops a null and he falls in this pit and is trapped inside this dimension 
um, that the man in the TV was from. And time passes, and it turns out that he's the man in the TV, and he was trying to stop six from betray- it was like it was like Stone Cold coming in and hitting the rock with a chair and siding with McMahon <laughs> when she just drops you. It's like right out of the gunslinger. She just straight up drops you. Uh, okay, so your Noel is the guy in the TV. It's just he's in like a paradox loop where he's yes. trying to free himself from her betrayal. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. And the All way right. that the little nightmares, the first one ends, and the fact that she's locked up and she's the one that keeps getting snatched, it kind of becomes clear that this whole thing is kind of Null's subconscious trying to protect him from Six, who's who's evil so it's huh. yeah it's when you when you have that ending and you start watching it or play through it again you'll start picking up these little cues like okay there's something wrong here i was taking everything at face value i guess i need to replay the first one i i did really like it though that's cool that's cool yeah the the ending is just six uh entering the uh, cruise ship that the first game uh takes place in and slowly time passes and Noel becomes the man in the TV. It's pretty. It's a pretty man. good story. And cool. because I love Noel so much, it's kind of heartbreaking. They do a cool. lot of story without any dialogue and just kind of showing you things. Yeah, that can no, be very, like very, very hard to do. So, yeah, very good story. Very beautiful game. Like what I said earlier about being chased, it's not just like running away from Mr. X. Like they'll chase like you. Like in Resident for, Evil 2 and 3? Yeah. Like they'll be chasing you and then there'll be parts where like they catch up with you, but you're hiding. So now you have to start sneaking. And, uh, you know, then it's, it's, it's almost like Metal Gear. And then they'll see you, that little exclamation point will come up over their head and start chasing you again. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of cat and mouse. Yeah, a lot of cat and mouse. Like the hunters blasting at you with a mm-hmm. with a shotgun. The teacher is chasing you through the vents with just her neck, like straight up like Beetlejuice style, just like stretching mm-hmm. out her giraffe neck through the through the vents. You th- man, the visuals in this game are beautiful but unsettling, and it's like really looking at these scary vignettes or or scenes that uh, like i said with the school the dark woods the hospital through a child's eyes you know and it's like these these things are very 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 scary like going to the hospital you're going to get a shot or something else so you're extremely scared of that you know you have that uncanny valley thing going on with the prosthetic uh, puppets which are terrifying in that hospital level you know the bullies with the porcelain doll heads and the teacher who's you know an adult but it's not one of your parents but she has the power to you know like discipline you and everything and you don't really know her that well so all these things that are incredibly scary for children and you kind of see like it's turned into something that's really kind of innocent and just like into this kind of monstrosity that you're trying to navigate through and it's really really cool yeah, that's that's part of why I played the first one sort of at face value. I was just taking, oh, these are just like little vignettes that I'm playing through, and it's kind of dreamlike, so it's like I'm cruising through nightmares. That's exactly. interesting. I have to go back and, and pay closer attention. Yeah. Um, I think we're about ready to Do mosey you? on into the, into the backyard. Do you? I think so. Are we? 
We gotta, we gotta sneak under the tables and, and wait for Vincent's back to be turned so we can race out the door before he spots us and then we have to have to f- flee from him I in, can a, in, a tense, in a tense chase sequence. I can stretch out my neck as well. And I'll <laughs> play piano at the same time. Just playing ragtime piano, piano yeah. while his neck's going all freaky deaky. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's get out of here before he starts doing that. Uh, this is the Boneyard. Perhaps now we should go chasing through the Boneyard. Here, we're going to dig up some bones and talk about the gameplay of Little Nightmares 2. And there's a lot to talk about. I'll let you go first, because I know that there's something you want to talk about on that. Yeah. Okay, so this is an action... Well, not an action. This is a puzzle platformer um, with very floaty controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that works a lot in its favor. Like, it was charming for me in the first game. Um, because it adds to the dreamlike nature of the levels. It makes, um, there's a pretty forgiving checkpoint system and there's no real life bar. You just, you, you die and then you, you get one hit or you just fall off a cliff and then it restarts you at the checkpoint. Usually it's pretty forgiving. So the floatiness of the controls in the platforming and, and puzzling sections can lead to failure a lot, but it never felt like cheap or punishing for the most part. It just sort of added to the idea of you're in this, dreamlike place and it just i don't know i was vibing with the floatiness i guess a little bit more it, it just it lent it lent to the vibes yeah this one little nightmares 2 um with with Null being able to pick up hammers and stuff and do melee like this game leans a lot on that and it's the worst thing the game does and to me yeah. all of the combat that it forces you to do because the controls are so floaty and so imprecise that you'll run into stretches where you'll have to fight four or five enemies in a row before you hit a checkpoint, or you'll have to fight like two of those little hand bosses, which each you have to hit each of them three times. And it's really difficult to line up the the, the shot. And it's like, it's, it's very trial and error, but with the combat sections, you having to repeat them and having to go through multiple enemies and the slightest error in spacing or timing, and you have to start it all over again, it kind of ruined this game for me. Yeah. Like, I really hated the combat. Wow. Oh, well, I like really hated it. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I did like the combat. Um, and again, it plays into, you know, Noel being a hero and this kind of being a hero's nightmare. Um, him trying to rescue the lady fair and she ends up betraying him at the end. But uh, part of that is being able to slay beasts. And I think it would have benefited from at least a lock on because it's not only that it's not only that the, the controls are floaty and the space. So it makes the spacing weird. Plus it's 3d. So it's hard to line it up. Right. But also you have to be constantly holding one of the shoulder buttons in order to keep your hands on the weapon. Yeah. So it's already kind of a comp- a sort of complicated thing you have to do. And, and if you don't line it up, you die. And it's like if your hand slips off the shoulder button, you die. It's just, it could have at least had a lock-on button to, yeah. to make it a little less of a, for pardon the pun, I mean, a little less of a nightmare to well, fight these enemies. Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's part of the nightmare thing. Because if you've ever tried to fight something in a nightmare or your dreams, like I don't know about you, like in mine my punches are either extremely slow or they don't do anything. They don't do any damage. They do give you tells, like when they're about to attack. They do give you little tells so you can back off and then come back and hit them. 
the windup for the hits do take a long time, but again, I attribute that to it being a nightmare. I actually found it very satisfying, especially when you get into the fucking school with those little Ben Shapiro bullies just like popping their heads off with a, with a pipe or a sledgehammer because uh, they're little porcelain heads and you can shatter them. Once I got used to it real quick. It was weird at first, especially when like you're running down like a hallway where, where you're running from the top of the screen down to the bottom. It was really yeah, I remember hard. that section. I it hated was, that section. It was really hard for me to try to map where the guy was because the depth perception is not, I will agree with you that the depth, um, I don't know a better word for it. Depth perception. I don't it's know. Depth of, depth of field. Depth it's, of field. It's because it's, is because it's real, 3d. It's hard yeah. to position it's yourself janky. in front of the enemy. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of real. Janky. It's kind of janky. <laughs> so it's like, it does take some getting used to, but it didn't like block me from enjoying the game. I actually thought the combat was pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, I loved, uh, the way you look, you Noel looks like a maniac when he's dra- dragging like a hammer or an ax or a pipe. He looks like a monster from a Silent Hill game. Yeah, he's got a fucking box on his head. Yeah. Dragging some horrible thing he yeah. found in the trash. Yeah, which I think was kind of cool. Here, I now found this garbage. It's going to save us. Yeah. Now you get to be a monster. And it's... Uh, I liked the combat for the most part. Um, I just think I just think they leaned on it too much. I, th- I think it's it's in it too much. Like I, that, that hallway section that you're talking about, you have to kill four enemies in a row... And then dodge a trap at the very end. I and yeah, I wound up doing that probably fifteen or twenty times, just because if you fuck up one time, you have to do the entire thing again. And the checkpoint there was doubly infuriating because it starts at the top of the hall, but you have to walk all the way to the end of another room to go get the hammer again because it yeah. doesn't respawn you with the hammer. It's little things like that made the the combat way more frustrating than engaging or immersive for me it was just an exercise in frustration well i'm sorry well i mean that's uh, you didn't make the game man you're gonna apologize i'm 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 sorry i'm telling you the bones i'm digging up this is you getting back sucking the marrow out of this shit this this is you getting back at me for panning world of horror isn't it you son of a bitch um i i loved the first little nightmares but it doesn't have this in it yeah Um, they want they wanted to try to I, i i don't know i should, yeah, I think I think you're, you're not going to answer for the developers. Yeah, man. I'm just saying what I didn't like about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it just sounds like we came at it from two different angles or two different perspectives. I thought it contributed to you know the heroism of Null and um, kind of the almost like kind of futility of fighting in a dream and how you just get like handicapped. It slows down your hits. Oh, or I got the, fu- the futility everything. of yeah. it landed quite well with me. Yeah, yeah okay. That, that, I experienced that that emotion. The um, other thing with the depth of field that was bugging me were, um, again, in the uh, school level with the Home Alone paint cans that come swinging oh, down yeah. at you, those traps. I'm like, well, how do I dodge this? Like, I thought I was down and away from it. And it's just like, it's, 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 I think that's just a fundamental problem with the game. I will agree with you on that. It's always been an issue with 3D platformers. Yeah. Um, they, so that's why, I mean, a lot of them have lock-ons. And usually, you know, target locks are generally pretty pretty janky in these games, too. Yeah. But I would, I would have appreciated something like that for at least the enemies. I didn't mind the traps as much because the traps 
felt more like the trial and error of trying right. to get the platforming or trying to do the puzzle. And those sections were all pretty forgiving. Right. And for me, Little Nightmares is at its best when I get into a new section and I'm not quite sure what I have to do, but mm -hmm. the game sort of pushes you into acting. So it, it's usually a chase scene when this happens. Like you'll right. step out in the open and some event will trigger and then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, I gotta run, fuck. So you're just running as fast as you can and then you see a thing, oh, I better, I guess I better slide under that. Uh, uh, is this the right button for dodge? And you, and you press the right button for crouch and you slide underneath it and then you barely get through the section by the skin of your ass. Yeah, like you, that's like, when really have to, is the best for me. You really have to Prince of Persia parkour your way through some of these some, things. Sometimes, you have to do sometimes it yeah, the... you just got to take it on faith. Yeah, sometimes you have to do it. Be like, I'm just going to trust that this is what I have to do. Let's go. You have to you have to really go by the seat of your pants on some of these things. And I yeah. love that when you that's when, when like, it's its best. It's so satisfying. Like when you're going through and you're just like as you're running, you're like slide, jump, jumping off from one platform to another just seamlessly and you've never been through it before it's very very satisfying um one more thing about the depth of field is when it becomes annoying in 3d platformers is in the platforming because like you'll jump from one thing to another and then totally miss it um yeah sometimes and that can get kind of frustrating but that's really a minor gripe because that doesn't happen a whole lot I think um, this game handles it well. Yeah, yeah. The really, with the real problem is just forgiving. with the really just the combat. And again, I didn't have as big a problem with it as you did. But um, what do you think about the puzzles in the game? Boy, I'm a puzzle head, Me and too. I loved these puzzles. And I love the addition of six in there. So you kind of have like a a partner that you have to kind of. She does most of the work herself, but you still do have to kind of guide her. You do have to uh, direct certain, her sometimes, some, yeah. yeah. Um, and she'll act as sort of a built-in hidden system sometimes too. If you don't, if you're not sure quite what direction to go in, right? Very often she'll start going in that direction, right? Yeah. So the puzzles in this were really cool. Um, the best puzzles, I think, being like the fuse puzzles in the hospital, in the, in the hospital, uh, the school marm puzzles where you have to do like the uh, chess pieces and everything. Also pretty oh, good. Yeah. Just real quick to contextualize it for everybody listening most of the puzzles in this game and in fact all the puzzles in this game are basically about exploring the environment and either finding an item that you need or manipulating some item that's in the environment that allows you to progress to the next room that's generally what most of the puzzles are but they find cool atmospheric ways to do it and mm -hmm. they always add like again having six um is a small thing but it really allows for a lot more dynamic puzzles because you have a second person that you can manipulate right. oh i need her to crank this crank so i can leap across this side and then she'll move over and stand on this pressure plate and then i can throw this item over to her and then she'll plug it in and the door will open and we can leave it's like stuff like that and so you also have just, to manage it sometimes with yeah. a boss character as for lack of a better word boss character uh in oh, the when room the hands with are you. attacking you and you're trying to pull the She's trying to pull boards off a door, and you're right. basically trying to keep little hands away from her. And then the last board you both have to do together. Or with um, the teacher yeah. when she's playing piano, and you have to wait till she starts playing in order to start cranking mm -hmm. so she can't hear you. And you have to yep. be mindful of when she's going to stop. And then you have to move a stool and everything. It, and it, that is very fun, but it's also very tense. So I like those a lot. I like yeah, every level of puzzle. Like they, there's a good rhythm to it too. They'll get. Even with the frustrating sections, um, 
they're usually paced pretty well so that there'll be like a bit of a reprieve where it's just like a long sequence where you're just exploring and puzzle solving. Yeah. And then there'll be a long sequence where you're playing hide and seek, but it's not comp. You can't fight any of the enemies. You just have to evade or avoid them. So it's a little bit more of a puzzle. Yeah. Um, and then they'll do sequences where it like com- starts combining them. Um, like you're saying. Uh, so there, it, it just, it, they keep, even though the puzzles at their core are very simple, like yeah, you're, never it's not gonna, a hard... you're never gonna spend longer than like 20 minutes on something. And oh. always, 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 it's a case of, ah, shit, of course, I'm so dumb. It was right there. It's just you not seeing yeah. something or not noticing something. You'll get it eventually with every one of these puzzles. Yeah, there are a lot of like, man, if this was a snake, it would have bit me moments in the, exactly. um, yeah. in the thing. And uh, it's not a very hard game. Like, even with the chases, and it's, like, very forgiving. It's not real difficult. It's meant to um, have you just, like, being gross in the puzzles and the environment and taking everything in. So, like, I didn't feel, like, rushed or anything to play this game. And I felt myself getting lost in the environment a lot, just, like, appreciating it because it's so pretty. That was a lot of my experience with the first game. This game, I was a little more uh, tense playing it because of oh, all yeah. th- all the additional combat. But but in in general, yeah, this is a t- this is the type of game. It reminded me a lot of Oddworld: Abe's Odyssey. Yeah, it's the it's the type of game that I like to sit and spend a lot of time with. And yeah, it appeals to me that you can really blast through each level in about two hours. Yeah, the game really is only about three to four hours long. If you play it straight through, it does not. I, I like beat it almost in one sitting. It's brief. There are collectibles in it, like different hats. And I yep. um, got a coonskin hat and a tin can. I oh, yeah. Tin can. Uh, man, I just I just kept the bag on, man. You said your name was Handsome Bob. <laughs> I'm going to have a freak, baby. I, I, kept, <laughs> I said that so many times when I was playing this game just to myself. Yeah, it's there are a lot of collectibles, so it does have a lot of replay value. And of course, like it's so pretty, like you, you want to go back into that world again because it looks really good. And um, I think there's a secret ending as well, so there, this does have a lot of replay value, in my opinion. It's very as as a horror game for a horror game, pretty relaxing, honestly, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it's it's good if you like to just chill out with some spookiness it's like like i said it's slightly scarier than the nightmare before christmas take an edible and play this game that's a lot of fun oh yeah i think we've uh ransacked enough bones from vincent's backyard oh man he's getting his shotgun now oh yeah he's he's gonna put a burlap sack over his head and chase after us the only other thing i want to add is that you didn't get to experience this part but there's a final sequence where the man in the television has grabbed six and has taken her somewhere into the TV and his little television dimension. And uh, Nell goes in to save her. You have to, it's another puzzle, but there are these like glowing doors and you have to follow the music to go. It's a maze and you have to follow the music to you know proceed through it. And that got kind of mm. old. It went on a little too long. And I don't really like puzzles like that because they're not challenging, really. But it just went a little too long, and it uh, was kind of hard to figure out at first. But uh, that's the only other thing I wanted to say. Love the game. Some of the gameplay can be kind of frustrating. But, um, yeah, it was a solid platformer. 
solid puzzles. Good time. Well, we can see the 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 blue and yellow glow in the distance of the last blockbuster, which yeah. is at the edge of Vincent Price's property. So we're yeah. going to mosey on over there for our final section. Cool. He gave me a coupon. Oh, good. <laughs> get some race. Get me some raisinets and goobers. Yes. Just get out of my house, please. So this is our final section. Would you buy the VHS? Please tell me whether or not I should just buy this VHS. Just to explain real quick, if this video game were a, a grease-stained VHS uh, that sat reliably at your local blockbuster for Saturday nights of renting horror movies with your friends, would you add this VHS to mm. your permanent video collection? Mm. Does it belong in a horror fan's collection? We would typically also include in this section like a uh, rating of the horror and the gameplay, but... We felt it was kind of redundant. We kind of felt it was kind of redundant, so we're just kind of scrapping that, but we'll still give you guys our opinion on like you know the gameplay and the horror and... Would it appeal to horror fans and gamers? I'll go first. I will say that yeah. it would appeal to both, and I really like this game. I would purchase it. <laughs> In fact, I did. In fact, I did. I can and I have. And um, <laughs> and yeah, I, it's like very dreamlike. It's a real pretty, relaxing kind of game to play. If you're like weird like me, it's very relaxing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. but, I'm um, weird in the same way. Uh, this I, I feel like a lot of people. Obviously, these are both been very successful games. I think it appeals to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like an art piece in a way. It's just you're very much just so. meant to like. They're like, yeah, you can play it, and we got some good puzzles in it. But just look at it. Very and much so. Yeah. Which I would I would like to piggyback on that statement if you'd like yes. into mine. I don't know if I buy this one. I don't think I do. Oh, how dare! Uh, I like the. I prefer the first one. I, everything I like about the first one can also be said about this game. And like you said, it's, it is kind of, it feels a lot like playing an art piece. Uh, I think that works to its detriment in, in some instances. And it was, hmm. I was able to overlook that stuff. You know, the floatiness of the controls, the imprecise nature of it, uh, of its, of its actual gameplay, the way it functions as a game. But I, I overlook most of that, particularly in all the puzzle and platforming sections. But like the fighting just became such an exercise and frustration for me wow. where it was like the artistic nature of it was fighting against its ability to be a game in those moments uh, in a bad way for me. And also, I do have to say, as much as I love the visuals and the mood and vibe of the game, it's really not its own imagery, is it? Like it borrows from it borrows from everything. Like the slicker in the paper boat, that's it. Mm -hmm. um, it borrows a lot from Nine. It borrows a lot from Coraline. It, it just it borrows a lot from similar things. So it when it when I'm struggling with the art of it and the game of it in those sections, like those flaws become more apparent to me. Uh, not that I'm poo pooing on the game. It's a gorgeous game and it does cool things like with the the neck on the school marm but like we pointed out that's kind of beetlejuice that's kind of Coraline. like it it feels like it it borrows heavily from pop culture for its own vibe yeah i would uh, the only thing i would push back on that is like saying um that that would be things that children nowadays would have seen and fair, yeah. give them nightmares um so those are all incorporated in there that imagery it might not be like it or beetlejuice or Coraline specifically but that kind of imagery is frightening to children 
and um, just how frightening uh, adults can be to children um, and conflating them with these other monsters that they've seen through the television, which is... And the, the, again, the, the television yeah. is, is, is poltergeist. It's very, it's very yeah. in the ring. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that's by design, again, to put it into the uh, theme of just the nightmares of a child and how children uh, kind of see and deal with the world. Because they don't, you know, they don't have the same cognitive powers that adults do yet. Um, no, and we're all sort of we're we're all sort of guilty of that. We just yeah. pull from everything we've seen and and read and heard. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. I, it's just that stuff. Again, I forgave all of it because that stuff's also true in the first game. I just right. was able to forgive it more and 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 look past it more because it was just the the gameplay loop that I felt worked best, and the addition yeah. of this new one kind of broke it for me. So unfortunately, I don't think I buy this VHS. Uh, well, I mean. Also, just to say, uh, I think this game actually looks better than the first one. Oh, sure, yeah, it's yeah, it absolutely does. The 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 vignettes, the levels, and everything are are more interesting. Whereas, like everything on the in the first game was just a ship. You know, you're going through random ship um, decks and vents and halls. They all look very similar. This one was very different, and you went through different areas. There's so. a couple of moments I do have, to, like when at the end of the first level where you find the the door and you push it out onto mm-hmm. the ocean and use it as a as a raft. That and was you cool. See how how big the world is. That was a cool moment. That and then was the cool. moment where you realize your companion has been the character from the first game the whole time. Yeah, you don't figure that out until the third level. I think and the big city just like kind of looming in the distance when you're pulling up on the door. Yeah, and it like just looks section. like a monster that's ready to eat you. It's yeah. yeah. Gosh, the imagery in this. I've beaten a dead horse here. The imagery in this game is just fantastic. Continue to tenderize that horse for me. It's my turn. <laughs> then you get now, my riding of, crop. Speaking of dead horses, I think we're done. You know Vincent has a riding crop. Vincent has a whole cellar full of horses. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's actually chased us out of the Spookaboo Manor a couple of times with one. On horseback, yeah. On horseback. You should have kept your clothes on, Tom. Listen, I was trying to find the horse room, and I couldn't fit through the vent. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Tom, tell yes, them about that good stuff. I will tell you stuff. some words. Um, this is a show from the Gamefully Unemployed podcast network. You can find more of our exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, we have cool exclusive podcasts there like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys, which we do with the Small Beans Network. We also have a store at GamefullyUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. Um, and please leave us a review on our free feeds. You can just Google us. You can find us wherever you get podcasts, uh, uh, the, our other free episodes. Uh, leave us a review. It helps a lot. It's on YouTube as well, right? They can it see is us on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yes. it's, it's, like, it's everywhere. It's places it's everywhere. we don't even know about. Guys, leave us a review. Guys, go on Patreon. It's the price of a cup of coffee from Starbucks one month, and you get so many podcasts. So many podcasts. Tom hasn't slept since 2018. No. Mm-mm. No. Delivering you that hot con. <laughs> These are all little nightmares of my own. Yeah. And of course, um, you can find me online at Blue Sky and for now, uh, the site formerly known as Twitter. Refuse to call it by that stupid other name. Uh, at Johnny Rhymes on both platforms. Come say hi. Shoot us some suggestions for horror games. 
as evidenced by this one, we do take them. All right, well, let's slide down this meat chute into the creek and, yeah. and sneak on out of here. Yeah, that fat doctor's not going to follow us through there. All right, bye. Get out of here. artwork is provided by Doc Garvey. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore JD Burroughs underscore. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at Instagram.com slash MV Bramley art.